<clears throat> well, greetings, friends. <clears throat> Once again, uh, to our Wednesday classes. And may the Lord just lead and guide and direct us in this time that we have together. <clears throat> and although it is by way of the internet, and I am sitting here uh, in one place, and obviously you are in other places scattered out, and yet the reality of our gathering is that we are gathered together as one body in Christ. We've been talking for a long time, several sessions throughout last year and now into, into this year, concerning the reality of our being in Christ and what a tremendous reality it is. I mean, it, it, it is the reality of our of our life, it is the reality of our salvation. We are, not, we are not far from Him, the Lord Jesus, and He is not far away from us. It is, it is as He has said it to be, it is that He is in His Father, and we are in Him, and He is in us. Now that's, we've read it again and again in John 14, and that's John 14, 20, and it's talking about His coming anew to raise up His church, which we'll be looking at in a moment, uh, and to bring forth a new creation of God in Christ Jesus. If any man... Paul says, be in Christ. He is a new creation. I think that most believers and most in Christianity have not really gotten a hold of, of the altogether otherness of this new creation in Christ. We, we almost are most continually, we are found comparing the Adamic creation, the Adamic creation, not only mankind, but what we can see out here in nature. And we're caught comparing in our own minds maybe not really even thinking about it, but in our own minds comparing this creation, the creation of sight and sound, the creation that is temporal, that is passing every day, the creation that is itself uh, under the domination of death because everything of that creation, and I keep pointing out there because I can look out the windows of this building here and see trees and grass and uh, and, and horses, and, you know, I can see the creation. And that creation is, uh, uh, is, is, uh, is dominated by death. Uh, it has allotted to it only so many years, and all of that. Uh, it is passing away day by day by day. And yet we will try to compare that with our salvation, with our salvation. You know, we'll say, I, I trust the Lord will give you a good day today, or I trust the Lord will give you a good year this coming new year. Well, hon, we're in Christ. And there, the Lord is the substance the substance of the day. He is the light of the day. He is, he is the day in whom we dwell, whose light, in whose light we walk. If you walk in the light, 
as he is in the light. My point is that whatever month it is, and we are now in 2021, the month of March, and yet as far as my life is concerned, as far as my salvation is concerned, which is my life, that makes no difference. March makes no difference at all. 2021 <laughs> makes no difference at all because we're in a new creation. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not just throwing something out that is, uh, that is a fable or that is a distant hope. What we're talking about here in these sessions the reality of our being in Christ. These sessions is the reality of the state of being, B-E-I-N-G, of our inner man, of our soul. And it needs to become, and all of us, in fact, it must become the condition of our heart, that is to say the condition of our understanding. And we must come to the understanding that I'm sitting, I'm sitting here in this building, and yet here in this building I sit in Christ. I'll walk out of this building in a while. I walk out of this building in Christ. Wherever I am on the face of this earth, I am there in Christ. See, that's the reality and so I can say that no matter where you are right now, whether you are watching this live or whether you're watching it as a recording, whether you're somewhere in the United States in one of the states of this nation or whether you're in one of the uh, different countries uh, on the face of the planet, you're there in Christ. Today is Wednesday. It will end. It will end. I mean, man has set it up. The clock will tick. It will end at a certain time. It will pass away at midnight tonight. 12.01 will no longer be Wednesday. But sweetheart, none of that is real and eternal and dependable, it all comes and goes. It comes and goes. Our government can change the time if they choose to do so. They've proved pretty much here recently they can do about anything else they want to do. And they can do that too. And when they do, they've accomplished nothing concerning my real life, nothing concerning who Christ is or who I am in Christ, a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm talking to you about our salvation, darling. I'm not just talking to you about the doing away with, the forgiving, the taking away, however we want to put it, of sins. I'm talking about if any man be in Christ, he is not only washed in the blood, he is not only cleansed from sin, he is not only forgiven, and all the other things that we relate to as, our, as being our salvation, uh, the, 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 the focus there is upon none of that because it's all in the past and it's all done away. And I want to talk to you about that in a second, that which is done away versus that which is now come in Christ Jesus. So it's not, if any man be in Christ, his sins are forgiven and just left it with that. If any man be in Christ, one day he will be and, and go on down the line on that. No. It's just one of the most, one of the most stirring, far-reaching statements that Paul makes. If any man be in Christ, he is a new 
creation. And then look what he does with everything that is other than Christ. Old things are passed away. Even those things that pointed to Christ. The law passed away. Israel in the flesh passed away. Uh, the, the law and the prophets that spoke of this reality of Christ, particularly those like, like Ezekiel and Isaiah, Jeremiah, who all spoke of a new heaven, a new earth, who all spoke of a new creation, who spoke of such a relationship with God that speaking in, the, in prophetic means that God would dwell in the midst of his people and live in the midst of his people and walk in the midst of his people. Hun, that's what we've come to in Christ right now. That's what we've come to. That's the salvation that Paul presented to us in the reality, in the reality of our union with the indwelling Christ of God. Hallelujah. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. And with that has to be added because that has to be understood in view in view of old things are passed away. Old things are done away. He hath taken away the first that he may establish the second, the Hebrew writer says, concerning the very thing that we're talking about, a new creation in Christ. And that's what we're looking at. And in this little session today, I, I just want to, it's in my heart. I was here last night thinking about it and, and just what is the, what is the focus that I want to look at. And the focus that I want to look at is found in Galatians 20. It's found throughout the whole Bible, but the actual focus that I, that I want to look at, <clears throat> I want to bring it to the cross. So I want us to bring this, this reality of our being in Christ, I want us to bring it right to the cross. We're going to be talking about Christ, the resurrection, and the life. But in order to talk about the resurrection, we must bring it directly to the cross. And I've written here, the new creation is, full, is, is the fulfillment of everything that Mount Zion speaks of. And we've, I'll say that because we've been talking about Mount Zion in these sessions, in some Sunday morning sessions, and in the monthly CDs uh, that I send out to those who, who request them. Uh, that those CDs are only, they're not on the internet and, and they're not listed on the internet. Anyway, we've been talking about Zion and how that everything that Zion speaks of in all of the 154 times that Zion is found in the Old Testament is brought right into its fulfillment in Christ and in Hebrews, Paul says, ye are come to Mount Zion. We could easily say with that, and the scripture does, but we could easily use that term for Zion and just say, ye are, ye are come to Christ Jesus. You are come to be in Christ. Because he does say that. In many of his epistles, he does say that. And back again in Hebrews... He does say that. He does say that. And, 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 and in, in, in 2 Corinthians, he says, again, if any man be, if any man be, I'm not really stretching the point to say that there is the meaning here. If any man hath being, True being, other than being dead in sin, which is, which is being dead in sin. But if any man have being that relates to life, being that relates to salvation, being that relates to Christ, if any man be, 
in Christ. He is a new creation. He's a new creation. One of these days we'll have to look at some of the newness of that. We're doing that regularly. But there is no comparison to Mount Zion with Mount Sinai. There's differences, but no comparisons. No comparisons. And so it's the same thing. With our being in Christ, there's no comparison, no comparison to our, to our being in Christ and our simply being in the flesh or being uh, in a soulish creation. No, there's a new creation. The author and the finisher and the fullness of that new creation is Christ. Christ himself. So, I have written here, the new creation is the fulfillment of all that Zion speaks of. It is you in Christ and Christ living in you. The new creation is not I, but Christ who liveth in me. And that's what I want to talk with you about. That's what I want to talk with you about. The new creation. When we look at the old creation, many have a hard time relating that to one man. And yet it relates to one man. It is actually called the Adamic creation. In the scripture, I mean in, in theology, it's the Adamic creation. It is that creation of God in the garden uh, and what God created there uh, in Genesis. In Genesis. Although all of it speaks toward and is a type and shadow of a coming man and a coming creation, there it is very much a creation centered about man, a creation of which man is the central figure, at least he's the central figure as it gets started. One man, one man. And well, of course he fell short. But then in a new creation, we have another man altogether. The Son of Man, who is the Son of God. But in relation to His body, the Son of Man fits Him quite well and is used again and again throughout the New Testament. And particularly in the Old Testament, in books like uh, Ezekiel, the Son of Man, which is always pointing to Christ, the Son of Man, is used again and again. Ezekiel is called Son of Man because he is there representing all that is real concerning Christ. And, and we won't just continue to stay with that. But the Son of Man is, is when I think Son of Man concerning Christ, not, not the Son of Mankind after the Adamic order, not after the first man, but after the new man, the second man, the final man, which is Christ himself, after that order, after that order. When I think of the Son of Man, I think of Christ the head and the body is just that, his body. Christ the head, you and I, the body. Christ the head, you and I, the body. But we're the body of the one new man. See, we're the body of the one new man, and we're his body because he, by his eternal spirit, lives in us, making us one new body, making us one new 
creation of God in Christ. So you see, really, the creation of the first man, though there were things involved in that creation, man was the preeminent figure of that creation. That whole creation would have been incomplete if it had not been for that man. You understand? And I won't stay with that. I'll bring that right over into Christ. Because if you take Christ out of the new creation, the new creation disappears. I don't give the new creation identity, and you don't either. Our identity comes by our union with the man himself, the new man, the son of man who is the son of God who dwells in me and in you, making us his body, making us a new creation wherein he dwells, of whom he is the new heaven, the new earth, of whom he is the glory of God, the word of God, the voice of God, wherein he is the fullness that filleth. What a creation. But you see, as I said, it's not, it's not the creation in and of itself. You see, we compare it. We'll compare it. We'll compare the new creation with the first. Invariably, we do that, and there is no comparison. No comparison between Christ and Adam, and certainly no comparison between all of the things that you find in the new creation and the things being the things of God in, uh, in the, not in the old creation, but in the new creation, and, and we'll try to bring the things of the old over into the new and make comparison. The river of life. We actually think that that's talking about something like the Mississippi River or the Amazon River or something like that. No, it really isn't. Those are all used. The best thing the first creation has to give toward the new creation is types and shadows and figures and uh, testimonies. The river of life, though we immediately see a river, sometimes we see one we can trout fish in. The river of life is Christ Himself. In the new creation, in the new creation, it's not something flowing over rocks and down valleys. That's used as a testimony of it. But the reality of it is Christ himself. Look at it. I, I want us to go, I want you to turn with me to, uh, to the book of Revelation. And uh, because I want to spend a little time there. But if we were looking, if we were looking at the, to the at toward the end of the book of Revelation, even the last chapter, we would see, we would see the throne of a lamb. And in the beginning, in the first, uh, oh, two, three, four chapters, uh, in the chapter five, we see a lamb. Now, you understand that that lamb is a, is a type and shadow of something that was set forth in Israel in Israel, under the law given of God, it was representative of His Son. Representative of His Son. Not His Son Himself, but very much representative, very much prophetic. Well, in the book of Revelation, that, that, that same figure, uh, figuring of things and, and pictures and so forth, because of the ones to whom it is written, uh, primarily that is still there, a lamb as though it were slain. Well, who, of whom is that actually speaking? Who was it that John was actually seeing? 
is Christ crucified. And yet it was, it was Christ crucified, all right, but it was Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension unto glory, and ruling in the midst of his church, his body, a new creation. Yeah, you don't get past chapter five till you come till you come to till you come to see that. And uh, so that's when we're when we're we find that there's no comparisons there, and uh, we also find that I left my phone on, and probably somebody that shouldn't even be calling me is calling me, so I'm going to. I'm going to cut the phone off, and I won't have to be worrying about that anymore. I should have cut it off when we started. I hate to take a, even this number of seconds to do that, so we'll lay it out here. What I want us to see, hon, is that there is only one with whom we can identify as a new creation of God in Christ, and that one is the man of that creation. That one is Christ himself. Now, there's, there's a type and shadow of that. You'll find it in Genesis. God brought all of these animals and all of these various things to the man so that the man could name them and call them what he wanted them to be called. And by naming them, give them their image, give them their definition, and all of that, I, I don't just go on and on with that, but if you think about it, that's, that's really what happened. That's before he fell. That's before, that's before he sinned. That's while he still had fellowship with God, and that's while he still had wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And that's why it had nothing to do with the knowledge of good and evil, which had no place in the garden anyway, none whatsoever. And there's a reason for that. But he came to the, they all came to the man for their identity. Now, you multiply that by trillions of trillions of trillions of trillions of quadruple trillions of eternity trillions of time, and you'll see it's the same thing. We come to Christ for our identity. We come to Christ as a new creation, as his body, for our identity. You understand that? Some do, some don't. But it has nothing to do with me being Christ or with you being Christ. But we come to Christ to understand whose new creation we are and who that new creation really is in substance, in truth, in life, and we come to him to understand in the first place that we are his body, and in the second place to really understand by him whose body we are. We can only find our identity in the person of our salvation. If you try to find it, if you take it, if you try to find it in anything, including yourself, in anything other than Christ, if I try to find it in, in my righteousness, oh, I've, I've become righteous, I no longer do this, I no longer do that, we could just go and go on that. You've heard it all before. And we've missed the mark. We've... We have identified something concerning ourselves who have no life but Christ. But we've tried to find the identity of ourselves, I say, I say again, of ourselves who have no life than Christ, who have no salvation but Christ. And yet we try to find our identity in something other than Him. Huh? That is impossible. It really aggravates me when someone comes along who is seeming to be in their own apprehension, in their own thinking, 
uh, really, really spiritual, really, really spiritual, and, and, and who, embrace, uh, who embrace the fact, who embrace the theology of Christ in you, but unfortunately have never seen that Christ revealed of the Father. Or they'd never be able to say, oh yes, I believe it is Christ in me. It is Christ in you. It is Christ in me as me. Well, hon, you've never seen him. There is one place, and that's where I want to go for just a second. There is one place where Christ was as you and where he was as me. I mean, he was there as me. All, not just my sins, me. He was there as me. He was there as the Adamic creation. He was there as man. He was there as me. And it didn't make a difference. He's there as me in all of my goodness. He's there as me in all of my sorrowness. He's there as me in my sin. He's there in me. He's there as me. Now that's the one time it is Christ as you. But we're looking at something beyond that. We're not looking at that which he destroyed the thing that he was there as. There as. One who, who never sinned took that sin upon himself. He could do that because he never sinned. One who took me and you, all of creation, into his very body, the body hast thou prepared for me. And that's what he did. You know who hang there on that cross? I can put my name right there. J.W. Lumen. You can put your name right It's all humanity, honey. It's all humanity. I'm going to read that to you in just a moment. It's all humanity. That hang there in Him. And He's the only one that could do that. He was the only one given of God that could do that, had a body given to Him for the doing of that, was designated before the foundation of the world for the doing of that. And I won't just keep on going on that, but there He was. I come to do Thy will, O God, not in sacrifice and offerings, not in burnt sacrifices, not in that wherein you had no satisfaction. I come to do thy will, O God. In the volume of the book, it is speaks of me. I come to take away the first that I might establish the second. Now in the King James it says, he taketh away the first that he might establish the second. I'm speaking as the Lord right now. Because that's what it's saying. It, the volume of the book speaks of me. I come to do thy will, O God. He is the one that takes away the first. The first creation, hon. And all that was part of that first creation. Mankind. Whether Jew or Gentile. Mankind. I come to take away the first. He taketh away the first that he might establish. And where is that second established? That new creation of God. That new man. Where is that established? It is established if any man be in Christ. It's established in Christ, hon. It's established in Him. Get a hold of this. It's established in Him. 
in him. I'm made part of it through new birth. Oh yes, through the divine Holy Spirit of Christ dwelling in me, in you. Yes, we're part of it. Members of His body, of His household, believers. On and on we could give labels to ourselves, but we are part of that new creation. But sweetie, I don't define the new creation. I don't define it. Any more than in the first one, Adam defined it. Or something other than Adam defined it. Everything. What a beautiful place it must have been, even to the natural eye. Everything came to Adam to get its, to get its definition, to get its appointed place. And it was Adam who brought it into disgrace and who brought it to something far short of glory. But we have come not to that, not in Christ. We have come to a new creation in Christ Jesus. How come we there? Now, I've, I've rattled on for a while here because of the cross. I could say we came there by way of the cross. I could say that that is what Jesus meant when he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. That he was speaking of the cross, and that is true. But the cross is so multifaceted, you've got to just understand that you can't separate the cross from Christ. Because it's not really just where one of his aspects was made manifest. The cross is where Christ was made manifest. And he was made manifest there, you listen, he was made manifest there as the first man as well as the second. Manifest as the one in death and burial. Manifest as the second in resurrection and ascension. Hon, what I want to say, the first was done away. The first is done away. Whether anyone has ever come to Christ or not, whether there is a Christian on the face of this earth or not. Now I know better than that, but I'm telling you something here. It's not based on how many receive Him. Not our salvation. Not, not how great our salvation is. It isn't based upon how many have received Him. It's based upon who He is. Because He is that with me or without me. Sweet darling angel. In the beginning, God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Oh, honey. That was before I ever existed, before man ever existed, before planet Earth ever existed. I simply do not add to who He is. But I am added I am added 
by His very Spirit dwelling in me to who He is. Is He the Christ of God, the anointed, the chosen of the Most High? Yes. What about me? He is in me. I'm in Him. Otherwise, I don't really exist. Oh, yeah. Look, at here, here I said, some, you know, people argue with me, and I know that, and that's okay. But sometimes it flashes through my mind, and I have to say something about it. You can see me sitting here. I'm telling you. Hun, I'm in the, what you see here in the flesh, this earthen vessel, which second by second by second goes away, is, is coming to nothing. The outer man perisheth, the inner man renewed. Yes, renewed in the exceeding greatness of that power, his life, which worketh in us. Because the power that worketh in me, the power that worketh in you, unto that thing that God desires, both in service and in attitude and in growth, that power is the power of His resurrection. And His resurrection is not something He did. It's who He is. Resurrection and life are hand and hand. I am the resurrection and the life. What does it mean to be resurrected from among the dead? It means that Christ, who is that resurrection, is living in you. And if He isn't, you're still among the dead. Now, darling, see, that's not something we, we get a vote on. That's not something that it's so only if I believe it to be so. It's so whether I believe it or not. It is the very thing that the spirit of man or that the soul of man is crying for, however. And yet in our natural brain, and our natural heart and mind, we put boundaries around our own soul and we give it things to do. We give it intellectual exercises and some that are not so intellectual. We try to keep it occupied one way or another through all of the things and mediums of our body, and that physical body is on a, it's, 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 it's running a race, honey, the end of which is death. Now you and I in Christ are said to be running a race, the end of which is, well, there is no end. He is author and finisher. He is our life and our purpose. Blessed be the Lamb of the living God. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. How did we get there? Well, I have to say this. We got there through the power of His resurrection. Now, I said we come there by way of the cross. That's true, which includes his death, which includes his death. Now, let me read something to you here. Let me read something to you in Revelation. In Revelation. Uh, I, I want you to read uh, verse 1 through verse 20. 
Now, I'm not going to take the time to do that because it, I, it would take too long. Uh, verse 1, chapter 1, uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ. So now that's pretty much the name of the letter, the theme of the letter, the purpose of the letter, and the substance of the letter. If we would just, if, if, if we would just hold on to that, and if we would take every other verse in the light of the first one and just stay with it, well, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants, and he pretty much did that in these types of the church there and in what Christ said to the churches, uh, to show to his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And again, we find those things in direct relation to himself. Not, not really to anything else, but I don't have the time to establish an argument with you here just now. Uh, you've got to understand who and what chapter one's talking about and read everything in there from that standpoint. Our minds just jump around like somebody's got us in a ping pong game. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. <laughs> for the time is at hand. Now, how long ago was that written? The time is at hand because the time is fulfilled in Christ. Therefore, 2,000 years later, it's still at hand. If you can hear what I'm trying to tell you or what I am telling you. There might have been incidents happened and things that took place that are referred to that became passing things in a passing history. But all of that was accomplished was accomplished let me continue here John to the seven churches and then in verse 8 I'll just keep skipping through that first chapter I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. Now hold on to that verse right there, because I've got it circled right here as to just reading a few of these verses. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come. You can read that, which is the ever-coming one, the eternal, the almighty. John, who also am your brother in comparison and tribulation in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the isle which is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Now he didn't hear a trumpet blow. Saying, I'm Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest write in the book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. And... Uh, names those seven churches. And uh, Ephesus is one of them, which uh, we will talk about, if not today, as we go along. And I turned to see the voice. I turned to see the voice that spake with me. 
And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man. I was talking to you about Son of Man several minutes ago. And what I thought about when I saw Son of Man, I saw head and body of one new man. The head and body of one new man. The new man being Christ himself and head of his body, the body being that wherein he lives by his spirit. Well, saw him in relation to his body, the church. Okay? Now, now, look at what he saw. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire. His feet likened to fine brass, as if they burned in a, surf, in a furnace. His voice as the sound of many waters. See, all of these types and shadows that are, that are being given here, trying to describe an indescribable one. Trying to describe one that no artist, well, many could try to paint something like that, but they'd never get the job done. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is not a natural understanding. And he had his right hand, the seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. His countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Now you need, to, you need to underline that. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I'm the first and the last. I am he that liveth. Point number one. I am he that liveth. Number two. And was dead. The better translation of that is became dead. I became dead. And number three. And behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. This, dear friend, has to do with the resurrection. See, you read it just what I got through reading. You can't even say resurrection unless you say resurrected Christ. Because that's exactly what the resurrection is. It's a who. It is the resurrected Christ of God. The resurrected Son. The one who sits upon His throne. That's what the resurrection is. It's not something yet to come. It's not something that he is yet to do. It's, it's not something that is defined by me. It is defined in him, by him, as him, who liveth in me. Therefore I live by the resurrection, in the resurrection, and the life. Because that's who Christ is. Now, our time has gone on this, but here's where I, want, I wanted to get to this point anyway. 
talking about the resurrection. And I've, I've gone through a gamut of things trying to just talk with you because why? Why? Because it's such a traditional teaching in the church that is such a mistaken, a mistaken thing. It, it, it's, it's traditionally taught as about me and you, and worse than just being about me and you, it's about dirt bodies belonging to me and you. And yet Jesus said in the New Testament, recorded in the Gospel of John, I am, Martha, I am. She's talking about Lazarus, he's not. Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Anybody come to me, though they were dead, dead in sin, dead, yet shall they live? Yes, we have passed from death unto life. Christ is our life because Christ is the one who lives in us. And who is it who lives in us? The resurrection and the life is the one who lives in us. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. Yes, hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. Martha, yes, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. I am what the scriptures have declared. I am what, I am that power. I am that life. I am that one who is now come. In fact, I am come in such a way, goes on to say in another place in the Gospel of John, it's recorded, in fact, the hour is come, and the hour now is, and is come. Now the hour is coming, and now is. Here's how powerful. When the dead who hear my voice, now, hon, that's the voice of the Spirit, that's the voice of God that calls a soul. That's that voice which is Christ. That's not a temporal sound out here in the first creation. The hour is coming and now is. The dead shall hear my voice and they that hear. And that word used again there means to obedience shall live, shall live. I am the resurrection and the life, my word, who heareth my voice shall live. Well, John heard his voice. It's here in the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he was caught up in the Spirit. This isn't something that somebody shouted out on the earth. And what was that voice that he heard? I mean, hon, that voice declared the person who himself is the voice. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. the resurrection and the life. I am he that liveth. I became dead, but I was not killed. No man taketh my life. I can lay it down. I can keep it. I can lay it down. I can take it again. Was dead. Yes. See, hon, that's the cross. And he took everything to the cross that had come short of the glory of God. He came out from the glory of God that he may gather into himself, into the body which God prepared for him as a perfect sacrifice. A perfect offering. The perfect one. And he gathered into himself. Yes. 
all that was dead in sin, all that is gathered there in a new, in, a, in an old creation, and he brought it all to death. He met the appointment of the whole Adamic, whole Adamic creation with death. Thou shalt surely die. We're in the day. And Christ was the answer to the day, answer to the judgment, answer to the death. And he did it all in the time appointed of the Father, the fullness of the time. And he took it all to his death and then brought it all into the burial. And then you say, then he brought it all out. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Only one came out. Because, sweetheart, I can argue only one died. But that one took into himself all the whole of humanity. And that is the truth. But it wasn't like a whole bunch of people got together and said, let's all get it done. We'll die. We'll take, we'll get it all done. I don't care how many they nailed to crosses. Only one died the death of the cross. And that's Christ. And that, that wasn't a half-baked death either. No, honey. Nothing that took place there came short of anything. For at the end of that, the one who was there, the one who took the cross right into himself and gave the cross and everything about it, identity. Oh yes, crucified with Christ. And he brought it into the death, the burial. And he alone comes out in the resurrection. Because he is the resurrection. But the dead who hear his voice can, by the resurrection, live. And I'll have to quit right now and give you this verse. Paul says this what I got through saying when he says, I'm crucified with Christ. He understood that. He understood that by looking into the face of God's own Son, which the Father revealed in him. Paul saw Christ crucified, and he saw that he was crucified with him. That was his deliverance from the body of this death. I am crucified with Christ. He said, and then he said, nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I. You see, hon, the one who died didn't come back to life and live again. The one who died came to life, all right, but the life was Christ himself. Paul had never had that life. You and I had never had that life. Not J.W. Lumen coming again, living again, coming forth in the resurrection. No! Not I, but Christ liveth in me. Now I told you when I started, my interpretation, my definition for new creation is not I, but Christ who liveth in me. That's a short interpretation, but that's, that's it. And it's the same interpretation for the resurrection. It is not I, but Christ liveth in me. Oh, hallelujah, hon. If any man
be in Christ. You see, the new creation exists in the resurrection and the life, which is Christ himself. It's an altogether new creation. We'll go on. We'll go on later. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for being with us on this particular Wednesday class. And uh, Rabin will be along in his Wednesday class um, next Wednesday. And uh, may the Lord just richly bless you. Uh, we have a number of sessions that go forth during the week, out from here, weekends, weekdays. <coughs> we invite you to just spend time with us when you can. And if there's anything we can do for you, anything in ministry, anything you'd like to talk with us about, you can send an email, you can make a phone call. To me, I, perfect, I, I, I like a phone call, but emails or whatever. And let us know and let us communicate with you. Thank you for you who are helping us continue to keep this gospel going out around the clock and throughout the Lord's body around the world. Part of what we're doing right now is just that, and we appreciate you who help us with it, and may the Lord richly, may the Lord richly bless you for it. It is a part of our fellowship with you, and we look forward to it each time. Amen. The Lord bless.